We have the details on what the future of Star Wars is, and it's saying goodbye to the Skywalker saga. Mm -hmm. May the Force. Force the Force. 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 Force the Force will be with you. Always. Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your source for everything Star Wars gaming. Welcome to Star Wars Uplink. I'm your host, Sage Goodwin, and as always, I'm joined by Sydney Laurel. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good? Yeah, a little chilly, but that's yeah. okay. Uh, Colorado is uh, a state where it can be literally 90 degrees one day, and then two days later, it is snowing, and that's what we're in right now. Yeah. So, fun times. We planted a garden for the first time ever and um typical as soon as we do that it's like oh hey guys i heard Snow, you had uh, hey. plants <laughs> yeah. anyway in this episode of the podcast we're going to be talking about the vanity fair article that lucasfilm and kathleen kennedy did and it has a ton of details with oh it my like gosh. good gravy and it just like seemed to drop out of nowhere mm -hmm. it's like oh hey here's a ton of stuff that we're going to be either announcing, delaying, or canceling. So let's jump in and talk about that. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. Star Wars is a franchise that is so old. So old. Yeah, it really is. It's crazy. Uh -huh. Like, it's crazy that one, it's still around, and two, that it's so big after so much time. Like, uh -huh. it's going to be celebrating its 50th anniversary here soon. The fan base like five years. is insanity. Mm -hmm. It's as strong, if not stronger than ever. We had a dark period before Disney bought it, and a little bit after Disney bought it, until we got The Force Awakens. And then that came out, it's like, oh, that's, 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 that's okay, it's pretty good, Star Wars, Star Wars is back, it's exciting. And then we had another dark period. <laughs> and then another Star Wars movie came out. And then another dark period it's been a lot of ups and downs ups and downs very a lot of very downs. tumultuous mm -hmm. um for the star wars franchise mm -hmm. <laughs> i think um i mean a lot of it's just higher expectations on things we're starting to i mean they bought what the license in 2012 i think it was mm -hmm. so 10 years ago yeah what oh my gosh your mind is blown good gravy they <laughs> bought star wars 10 years ago What? <laughs> I'm like flabbergasted. That is insane. It was only four billion dollars too. Oh my gosh, that's it. Yeah. Facebook also bought Instagram for four billion dollars, which is crazy to think mm -hmm. about. Instagram launched when Star Wars was bought. Really? I think so. 2012? Maybe it was maybe it was earlier than that. Yeah. Hmm. That's when I started becoming aware of it. So it existed in my brain in 2012. Gotcha. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. In huh. my brain, that's when it came out. But yeah, so pretty much we are old. Kind of. Old enough. <laughs> old enough. I feel, feel so old much older. About that. Uh-huh. But Star Wars is, it's crazy. We've, 10 years and we're now starting to see kind of the f the fruits of that investment in Star Wars with especially like this detail on the article that's called Star Wars the Rebellion will be televised. 
And it's, quote, an exclusive look at the master plan for Obi-Wan Kenobi with Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, Andor with Diego Luna, Ahsoka with Rosario Dawson, and a fleet of new shows. So this was kind of like an expose tell-all on their investment into television stories on Disney Plus around Star Wars. And I think, I mean, I'm happy with it. Yeah. It sounds I think really it's good. pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the joy that people had in between that dark period of Star Wars where it was kind of who knew what was going to happen was fueled by the extended universe and, and fueled by the massive amount of Star Wars games and more importantly, I think for most people, those books. Because I think mm-hmm. in terms of that core player base, I mean, the video games were very big, very massive, and very impactful. But in terms of that core Star Wars player base, or not player base, but that fan base, I think the extended universe and the books really ultimately led to the success Mm -hmm. for a lot of fans of being like, oh, hey, Star Wars is still a thing because we're still getting these really good books. Right. Considering like the Thrawn books were massively influential. Mm -hmm. Um, And still to this day, like with the new series of Thrawn stuff, like, incredibly influential yeah i think it's kind of important to also note they kind of touched on it in the article itself too um is that even before disney had it um there were these lulls Mm -hmm. so it was it wasn't uncommon for people to be waiting three years for the next movie and a decade for the next trilogy so it was like (laughs) you know it it's not was it 2003 that um revenge of the sith came out I think so. It was around that time period. Yeah, 2005, maybe. Um, and then after that, like 2005 to 2015, when um, The Force mm-hmm. Awakens came out. Mm-hmm. Like, that's 10 years. Yeah. 10 years in between Star Wars stuff. And there was still a following, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, Star Wars was like one of the biggest. I mean, I think it's still on the list of like the biggest box offices of anything, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Force Awakens was huge. I remember being so hyped around yeah. that movie, and Battlefront, and just Star Wars is a thing again, mm-hmm. which is so awesome. And then six months later, it was like Rogue One, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was it that? Or was it a year? No, it was a year later. And that that's what they did with Solo. They had um, La, the Last Jedi. And then six months later, they had Solo, which mm. they touched on Solo a little bit in this yeah, article they do too. A little bit. And um, just before we get into that, just an overall look at Star Wars and the, the television space on Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Disney. 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 They are heavily investing into star wars and that space they did this awesome photo shoot which i don't like the main one where it's like everyone's in focus on the big backdrop that's the big led screen it just looks super photoshopped i know they they all shot him on that scene but because of how they they needed to shoot in different apertures or different focus planes to get everything in focus so they had kind of like individual photo shoots and then they all tied it together in different locations on this big screen it looks really cheesy. It does. In a way that I don't like, just as someone who's professionally a photographer yeah. and video yeah. I mean, person. You have the eye for it. 
I know what they did, and technically it's very impressive to pull off these photos. So I understand and appreciate it from a technical aspect, but from like a visual appreciation aspect, not really my vibe. It's very like... Yeah, it actually feels very like amateur Mm -hmm. because of how it looks. Because it's so crisp and it's so put together. It's like, well, this was a very staged photo shoot. Uh Like it just feels... (laughs) And like even like it, it feels warped. Mm-hmm. So you it just you feel like oh, okay, yeah, they are it, it doesn't even feel like they are on a set. It's just yeah. like, oh, they just put a set backdrop there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they took pictures and then put everybody on it. So it's technically weird. it's very impressive, but from like um from my personal taste, it's not very appealing to me. It looks very like you said, almost amateur. Even though it's not amateur from like oh. a like a skill and technical aspect very impressive to be able to do something like that and pull off the reflections on Mando and to pull off everything really well in terms of like the flow of Obi-Wan's cape and Darth Vader and just all of these things. It just looks very, very manufactured mm-hmm. in a way that um, it doesn't really capture the the idea and the essence of it. Like seeing all these characters on the same screen together is so cool. Right. Like it's a childhood dream of like all these characters like... Who would have thought we'd have so many of these shows that are like cross collaborating and you have a a, a many you have a universe that's on scene with each other characters that you wouldn't have expected to see on screen with each other. So I I think it's that but it doesn't it doesn't get to that impact that I would have liked. Yeah as far as the photo shoot goes I think it, it, it feels unfinished like it feels like no we need more layers of filters or something Mm because it feels too like you're there looking at them yeah in the set like it it's it's funny how we've come so far in technology where everything can feel so real Mm -hmm. it's almost like oh no like we're we've lost the magic it's too crisp too much (laughs) like it's too real Mm -hmm. i can't i can't handle that (laughs) yeah put some filters on top of that so that it feels like they're in a different universe Mm -hmm. instead of here on earth yeah in hollywood <laughs> and it's just that picture too because yeah. like uh there's another picture where it's john favreau kathleen kennedy deborah chow and um dave filoni are all on the set together it's got the the, the slave one or the starfire i think is what it's now called in the background with these monitors that are uh looking at the different shots that they've got lined up Super cool look at behind the scenes of how they make these these move or these these TV shows. Uh, that one has some grit. It's got some texture. It's got a really interesting color grade on it. It's like themed to match the backgrounds. You've got this haze because yeah, they're shooting an active scene. Looks really cool. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that. And then there's a scene with Baby Yoda and John Favreau. It's right. got this really moody depth of color backdrop and everything like that. Um, but that's just kind of like my thoughts. Interesting. Of the actual photography side, I think so that's some, so just something that just I really that enjoy yeah. <laughs> talking and discussing <laughs> and getting really excited about, like breaking down the different shots that they're doing. But in terms of like all these different characters are on the screen together, we're starting to see the universe that they're aiming to explore get fleshed out. We're getting announcements on kind of deeper dives on what they learn from different movies, uh, the shows. They basically said, I, I think they're done with the Skywalker saga and they don't want to, because George, George had a vision and 
think this is it here. I'm pretty sure they're going like they're going to get away from it pretty much after Obi Wan. Yeah. I mean, they're still still kind of playing with it. I mean, with Ahsoka and all this other stuff. But they're yeah, it seems like they're definitely trying to step away from the Skywalkers. It's like that's been done. We did three whole chunks of it. Um it definitely seems like they're ex- they're wanting to expand into the universe of Star Wars with the TV shows. Mm-hmm. Like TV shows, no, we're breaking off. We're doing something new. Yeah, it's so fascinating to me of the Star Wars universe, so tied around this sense of the Skywalker saga, mm-hmm. and so tied to the family of the Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. And then to switch it up and be like, we un- the, we we finish off that story. We greatly appreciate what George did with the Skywalker saga and telling that story. But it's time to expand the universe. It's time to step away from what George did and to keep the value of Star Wars and the value and the feel of Star Wars, mm-hmm. but taking it in these different directions. And that's exciting to mm-hmm. me. It means they ha- had a little bit more details on Star Wars Acolyte. Talking yeah. about it being a, a thriller mystery. Yeah. Mystery thriller. In this kind of, uh, what was the word they described it as? Like, Honestly, I'm drawing a blank about it because that was just, it, they didn't really didn't talk too much about it. Yeah. I don't think they have much news to share. Um, but yeah, it sounded kind of more... Um, oh, contained. No, well, yeah, but they were talking about how it's going to be like 100 years before... The Skywalkers mm. before all of that. So this is kind of telling the pre-prequel. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of telling how they got to the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, it's all about kind of this idyllic world. Yeah, that's but it's falling into corruption. Yeah. yeah, like underneath mm-hmm. that level of beauty and kind of perfection is mm-hmm. this growing uh thriller mystery yeah which i think is interesting that they would start it or they would have it like that because i don't picture a hundred years before that being so peaceful mm-hmm. i picture it kind of being a but little it, crazy it, but it, then it, it was though like a hundred years before the clone wars and that would be kind of it'd be pretty i mean you've got the height of the kind of like the jedi going into their bureaucracy points of like Oh yeah, we're just gonna sit here in our temple and uh, just kind of plan things out and tell people no or yes. And well, I kind of it's felt not like far of like Kotor because Kotor is like so long ago and like thousands of years before uh, the Battle of Yavin. So. Well, I I guess I just figure that where they start with Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. that kind of is it's like the very tip top of the like peacefulest time peacefulest wow <laughs> the most peaceful time it's like that's the very top of it and that's just the beginning of the downfall mm-hmm. sort of thing so was it a hundred years of peace maybe maybe i just love the idea that they're playing around with a peaceful setting mm-hmm. and that they're going to expand that with like a thriller mystery thing like, yeah that's what I want. I want yeah. those like contained experiences. I want to like see a slice of life on these different planets. Like, mm-hmm. what does that look like? It doesn't have to necessarily have this huge, massive, world-destroying um, problem that they have to overcome. Right. right. It can be like. I mean, we watch like Wes Anderson movies. Like, mm-hmm. 
And they're the so pinholed, like, it's like... That's a great way to describe yeah. it. It's a little pinhole into this little section. Mm-hmm. Like the French Dispatch is teeny tiny. Mm-hmm. Super enjoyable. It's told in these different chunks, telling these different stories, telling these different aspects of people's lives. You pull away, you have like this thousand foot view and it's super tiny in terms of experience, but it's such a lovely story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really cool. It's And it, that's kind of the feeling I'm getting from these TV shows popping mm-hmm. up is that we're getting... Some of them are pretty wide pinholes, but we're getting different pinholes <laughs> into yeah. what was and what is and mm-hmm. and what will be and what will be Star Wars. <laughs> so it's really cool. Yeah. It is. And I think too what what's really fun for for me as a viewer is like you have kind of the Mandalorian section, which is like their take on the MCU. It's like Star Wars MCU, all these different characters are going in and out of each other's shows. And then you have Obi-Wan, which is like it's separate from everything Mm -hmm. and you have um andor which is also separate from that experience of the mandalorian cinematic universe the (laughs) the mcu (laughs) mandalorian cinematic universe and then you also have ahsoka which is i'm not did, did they detail like what time frame it is is it before or after I think it would be after mm-hmm. to tie into the MC. <laughs> I would imagine it would be after. I didn't get too deep into that mm-hmm. section, though. Yeah. So I think that's going to be interesting to see where they tie those things together. So I think she has a very interesting story in that time frame because she is she's like a, a woman out of time mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. She has a lot of those experiences of before the rebellion and also before the Clone Wars. And during the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. after the Clone Wars, and then you have this time jump where she starts entering this post-Death Star world. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? There's a time frame of, I think, what, 20 or 30 years between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens? So I think that's the canvas that they're wanting to play around with, with oh that side gosh. of the Star Wars universe. Honestly, I don't understand. Like, how long do these uh, species live? <laughs> My gosh. How old is she Ahsoka? Is, she has seen She's some like galaxy, let me say. years old. And we'll probably, if Dave Filoni has anything to do it, we'll probably live for another 200,000 years. Mm-hmm. She is like the face of Bo and Doctor <laughs> Who. <laughs> Jack. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, eventually we'll just see her in one of those. She's going to be like a floating head throughout the universe. Mm -hmm. Eventually becomes a planet. (laughs) Has a bunch of Ahsokas on top of the planet, like (laughs) spreading throughout the universe. It's a clone army of Ahsokas. Oh, how far (laughs) she falls. (laughs) Becomes the new Emperor Palpatine. (laughs) She actually is Emperor Palpatine in Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) Somehow. Ahsoka became Palpatine. (laughs) So yeah. (laughs) Well. It's it's a really interesting article Mm -hmm. and it's going to be so cool to see what this looks like. Mm -hmm. Now let's take a little bit of a break and we're going to be back to talk about each one individually and we're going to start with a discussion on what they learned from Solo, Star Wars Story and Rogue One. 
This podcast is a production of Uplink Media Group. Uplink is a podcast network dedicated to highlighting the love and experience of gaming and pop culture. Check out our other shows, The Battlefield Show, Star Wars Uplink, and The Forge, the Halo Infinite podcast, as well as our YouTube channels for even deeper dives into Battlefield, Star Wars, and more. YouTube.com slash Uplink podcast and StarWarsUplink.com. Only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned. Star Wars is coming back and they're making a lot of changes and heavy investment into the TV shows. And something that I want to start this conversation with is the mention of Solo. Hmm. And I really enjoyed Solo. I mean, it's not my favorite movie, but I had such low expectations that I was like vehemently (laughs) against it. And like this movie, it doesn't need to be made. It's so stupid. I don't want to see this anymore. Blah, blah, blah. We went to the movies um, to watch it. And it's like, this is pretty good. Like, surprisingly so. I really like how they set it up to see more Darth Maul. I think that would have been cool to see more of. But this is the quote that they say around Solo. There should be moments along the way when you learn things, says Kennedy. Now it does seem so abundantly clear that we can't do that. And that's specifically in regards to recasts and then going with CGI. (sighs) I hate this. I hate that that is the realization they came to with Mm -hmm. Solo. They freaking screwed over Solo. The reason it didn't do well isn't because they cast Alden Ehrenreich. He like embodied like Harrison Ford in such a great way in that that movie. So there are moments where, like, that is the exact expression and the way that Harrison Ford would have said that. Hmm. Like, there are moments where, like, yeah, that's fantastic. He did such a good job of replicating that swagger in a way that also added the character and embodied his pre- or his portrayal of the character, too. But the reason they didn't, su- they didn't do well is because they released it six months after... The Last Jedi. Like, there's no way you can have such frequency. It they they were tr- what they were trying to do is they were trying to have a Marvel moment yeah. where you have these movies that come out like six months apart from each other. Yeah, that is something that the article also addressed. Is that like we were pumping things out way too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Wars needs like five year commitments from its team, and we were not giving it that time. Yeah. We were not letting it breathe where it needed to and and i really appreciate that that Mm. was something that i was like good we have realized this like (laughs) yeah it star wars is so is always going to be someone's baby like it's Mm -hmm. always gonna it always needs to be someone's brainchild it needs to be crafted it It needs to be honored it doesn't need to be like no we're going to have a movie at this time frame that's what's gonna happen yeah yeah so i really appreciate that aspect mm-hmm. um the turret there the the shift to cgi seems or at least for to see other like old characters come mm-hmm. back if they need to come back at all yeah um which i kind of feel like is also what they're saying is that like with the tv shows they want to step away from the skywalker stuff yeah which means they want to step away from all the old characters that we can't get back you know mm-hmm. um i guess it was it's a pretty understandable move on their part because i don't know you see the sets that they're working with Mm -hmm. you see um oh what's his name who's worked on john favreau like lion king and these heavy animated films like okay yeah 
that makes sense. It makes sense that you would pull, um, I don't know, what do you call that? It's like deep fakes, yeah, deep fakes and stuff mixed like with that. CGI, mixed with uh, facial um, replacements. Right. Because you have Mark Hamill who is doing these scenes and you have a stand-in character that looks eerily similar to him. Like I was seeing <laughs> pictures and videos Ooh. behind the scenes. It's like, oh my gosh. Like why don't they just use this guy? Right. I hate that it has to be mm-hmm. like find a very talented actor find someone one i think a lot of people get strung up with like oh they have to look exactly the same but i think if you get it close enough i mean we all want uh bucky from from uh marvel movies uh, his actor i would love to see him play like that's what i was hoping who would play luke but no they did this weird deep fake thing oh interesting because i think he would have been a great yeah he is one a very good actor. He looks very similar to young Luke, mm-hmm. and I think that would have worked perfectly. Huh. But then you have like, I hate that that's the takeaway that they had with those movies. I'm just saying, I'm not surprised, but mm-hmm. I am happy to hear that they are taking more time with crafting of the story mm-hmm. and and stepping away from the main trilogies. I yeah. feel like that's a smart move. Get away mm-hmm. from. Not not get away from what we know and love, um, but to replicate that in something new, something mm-hmm. fresh with characters that we can grow to love. Yeah. It's always going to go back to the nostalgia. It is. Though. That's, like, that's no my fear. Is they're like, oh, we have this new technology where we can replace people's uh-huh. faces with footage. <sighs> And they look like robots, but hey, they look very similar. Like if it was a still from a movie that just got replicated again. That is my struggle with it is I think the technology so frequently. I mean, that's what happened with the prequels is the technology took over from the storytelling. Hmm. They need to have that storytelling rather than just saying, oh, we can do this. So let's just let's just put this character in it. Right. And they've done so far like. They've just been pushing tons of characters in it, like Ahsoka's and everything. And, mm-hmm. and you've got all these characters that are going to be <sighs> everywhere all the time. Okay. But can we, did we just talk about how it feels like we're losing something because we're just relying on CGI? Like, uh, I, I've mentioned this before, her tentacle. Mm-hmm. Her like Why? Why does it feel so foamy? Mm-hmm. And when you've got there all of this technology, yeah, there, there needs to be a balance. Yeah, there needs is, to be a balance. The balance is practical. not there. Yeah. It's very much all or nothing. Mm-hmm. It's so, ooh, uh, it, the contrast there is so stark where yeah. it's like we put so much effort into this and not so much effort into what's actually tangible and like mm-hmm. the people and the costumes and the, it just feels like they're losing a grip on the beautiful marriage of the two, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. But like you said, the technology is there that they could have like mm-hmm. digitally extended them. Yeah, they could have had that pairing, but no, and make they... them move a little more naturally and mm-hmm. like they're <sighs> they're literally getting Mark Hamill, who's seventy, <laughs> to act out these roles where yeah. they literally take a person who is not Mark Hamill as the body and the hair. Oh gosh! And they just take actions of his like parts of his portrayal, 
very confusing. And merge them together. Like they shoot the scene twice. And Mark Hamill goes first to set the like, like, and then they try to like merge it together. <laughs> and they can't do anything with the Laku. Right? Seriously. <laughs> you have so much technology wasted. <gasps> mm-hmm. mm. So we have Andor, which I feel like we haven't heard a whole lot about. There's been a lot of leaks and stuff, but it's coming up shortly. Like they're, they're really, mm-hmm. I mean, this article opens up with a mention of it. Like yep. they're, they're definitely really focusing on it. But they're also really focusing on keeping all of the like secrets like it seems like they're extremely um i don't know they're just they're holding their fists really tight around anything that they can just to i don't know i don't know if this is like a hype thing or Mm -hmm. if it's like we're just a little bit worried that if too much leaks out that i've heard from people who know some things or know people who know some things that andor could be and may even be better than obi-wan will be like from what they've been seeing and hearing is it's going to be impactful it's going to be intense and it's going to have a lot of the moments that we want out of like a star wars show like that honestly i wouldn't be surprised Mm -hmm. because because it's like it's a blank slate they don't have any any expectations Mm -hmm. to deal with they can go in i mean there isn't a whole lot of extended universe stuff that they have to uh, apply to right there's so much there to that character that we don't know and that they can play around with and give them the freedom that they need to tell those stories. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a blank slate, like mm-hmm. you were saying. So, yeah, they can feel like we could do anything with this character. Whereas with Obi-Wan, it's like, ooh, okay, we have parameters. Yeah. And we can't ruin this character. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, very... Uh, yeah, I think we're going to get that sense with Obi-Wan is that they were very delicate with it. Like they yeah. didn't want to push the envelope at all. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a very safe season of yeah episodes or whatever. I think, ulti- I mean, it kind of has to, mm-hmm. which is a shame. Yep. Too bad, but still here to see it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they also talk about Obi-Wan. And how kind of Ewan McGregor was a little hesitant to jump into the franchise in the 90s because mm-hmm. didn't like once you're a Star Wars person, it seems like you're always a Star mm-hmm. Wars person. He's actually able to move past that yeah. in a, a fantastic way. But it was definitely that fear was there. Um, and I, I think it's. I think it's awesome to see and they've said it in many interviews, it's like. It took patience, but I'm glad that people are starting to appreciate those movies. Mm-hmm. It took a while. Yeah. And they're like, we made these movies for these kids, and we didn't hear any of the feedback from the kids, but now, finally, we're getting that feedback. Now that they're all grown up. Exactly. <laughs> so really, they just heard a lot of hate from the parents. Being like, this isn't what Star Wars yeah. used to be. <laughs> ah! Not my Star Wars. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's, I'm glad that they're starting to get the appreciation that that they truly deserve. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hayden Christensen didn't get a whole lot to work with with that script. No, he and really didn't. And McGregor made as much as he could out of it. Woof. Mm-hmm. That was rough. Yeah. I mean, unless I'll give the kid, Anakin, mm-hmm. a break. He was a child. Yeah. Like a literal child actor. Uh-huh. And Doing... George Lucas is not a very good people director. And so I imagine a child on set probably was bad. So you know what? He was a kid being a kid. Mm-hmm. And let's just all appreciate that for him because yeah. that was great. 
And he did it. He sold the kid role real well. Yep. <laughs> he did it. And that's why we all got irritated because whew, children can be a little irritating sometimes. I also think it's very interesting. I, I really find this one quote really fascinating. Anyone who comes into the Star Wars universe needs to know that it's a three, four, five-year commitment, Kathleen Kennedy says. That's what it takes. You can't step in for a year and shoot something and then walk away. It requires that kind of nurturing, which I'm glad that they're starting to realize that. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying yeah. before. Is like, yeah, they're realizing, hang on, we can't just be pumping this stuff out. Mm-hmm. We can't just be throwing a script <laughs> <Rise> together. <laughs> yeah, we can't just be throwing a script together and making something happen and six months later we're good. Mm-hmm. This is no, this is a big deal, and yeah. these fans are really Each thing serious. Has so much weight to mm-hmm. it in a way that like Marvel does not have. Yeah, most of the time it's like, oh, that that Marvel movie was kind of okay, but hey, there's this next one. It tied up and set up the next one. Right, exactly. And it, it it benefits from that like numbers of like as a whole, it's fantastic. You may have individual movies that aren't so great. But as a whole, it ties in together to like you have a lot of like really good or mediocre, sometimes even bad experiences that add up to this whole universe that is ultimately really good. Yeah. I kind of get the feeling that they're going to do that with the TV shows. I think so. So I don't I'm still not sure how I feel about it Mm -hmm. because Marvel's already doing it. And I don't know if we need to see that in Star Wars. Maybe I've said it before where it's like, yeah, I really want to see that. But I'm. I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about it, hmm, okay. It's like, do I need this explained? Right. I'd rather just have a lot of really great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or some really great stuff. Mm-hmm. Instead of... We're getting five Star Wars shows this year. Right. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I'm tentatively excited, for yeah. sure, but also a little nervous with... We'll just we'll just have to see. Mm-hmm. They're pumping a lot out this yeah. year, so it almost feels a little contradictory to what they're saying. With mm-hmm. Like everything needs so much time. It's like, well, you're pumping three shows out potentially this year, so yeah. <laughs> How much time do you really need? Yeah, give it that time. Yep. I'm really excited. Uh, I was not expecting this deep dive into the future of star wars in this way yeah so it's cool to see that one they're willing to have that conversation mm-hmm. and ask some of those questions like ryan johnson's trilogy got backburnered mm-hmm. taika watiti's is probably going to be the star wars movie that we see next mm-hmm. and then after that would be uh patty jenkins i think is um the director of wonder woman ah. she's going to be doing one on rogue squadron Hmm. Uh, that would be the next one, but it'll be further out than a lot of people expect because she's got a lot on her plate too. Yeah. And the reason that Ryan Johnson and his trilogy originally um, isn't going to be happening is because he signed a, a big contract with Netflix for Knives Out. They're going to do multi multiple movies on uh, Knives Out and expanding that universe. So nice. he's going to be busy for the next like seven years probably. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, excited for the future of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Let us know. Um, contact uplinkpodcast.com or in the comment section if you're watching this on YouTube. We did have a uh, little bit of an issue this week with the YouTube video. Uh, the SSD told me it had 48 minutes of recording footage space, but it only recorded 15 minutes. So it'll cut off probably around like the nine minute part after some editing. 
Um, so if you are planning to watch this or you have watched it to this point on the YouTube video on our channel, that's why it's a static image for the majority of the episode. But thank you all so much. And if you do enjoy the show, subscribe, like, leave us a review. All of those things are completely free and it helps us out a ton, reach new audiences as well as get your feedback. So we definitely greatly appreciate that as always. May the force be with you. <laughs>